This is Points North, a show from Interlochen Public Radio, where we talk about life in northern Michigan through the news, the people, and the places. I'm Morgan Springer. And I'm Max Johnston, in for Dan Wanshura. Coming up later on the show, we'll hear about the pet peeves of people in northern Michigan. But first, Michigan became a state after Native tribes ceded tens of millions of acres of land to the U.S. in a series of treaties. Those treaties said the tribes kept their rights to hunt, fish, and gather on that land. But the state did not honor those rights until the 1970s. And once it did, there was an ugly backlash. Native Americans were threatened and harassed. Their fishing boats and nets were vandalized. Things have calmed down since then, but racism and harassment still keep some tribal citizens from practicing their treaty rights. IPR's Kayla Fond has the story. For April in the western Upper Peninsula, it's a pretty warm day. The Little Carp River, surging with snowmelt, winds through a forest of hemlock trees. Robert Rajasic is scrambling up and down riverbanks, expertly carrying a spear in his right hand. He's hoping to use it on some rainbow trout. He's looking for a flash of movement in the water. He's also listening. The fish have a distinctive sound. Like a kid splashing in the water, their feet just a-going. Rajasic is a citizen of the Keweenaw Indian community. We are on their reservation. He says his ancestors lived along this river, and he feels safe here. But other rivers and lakes off the reservation are a different story. I'm more weary of what could happen, who could possibly... um, be offended by me being there to harvest fish. Tribal citizens like Rajasic have treaty rights to hunt, fish, and gather off-reservation under their own rules, which are often different than the state's. And sometimes non-native onlookers and other sportsmen don't like that. And once in a while, we do get the ones that yell at us, scream at us, or follow us around even, just saying all kinds of nasty things. Uh, effing Indians this, or you're killing all my fish. This is why we don't have fish. Every spring, Rajasic and other fishermen from his tribe have a special season when they can spear more walleye than usual. It happens on nearby Portage Lake, a water body connected to Lake Superior. Around a decade ago, Rajasic says somebody showed their disapproval by shooting a gun over his head. And pretty much the whole town just went nuts. People were driving down to the docks, and they're yelling all kinds of things. Tribal officials attended a meeting with local sportsmen to educate them about treaty rights and the tribe's conservation and fish stocking programs. But Rajasic says every spring, there are still a few hecklers yelling and shining spotlights. This is not unique to the UP. Citizens from six tribes around the state shared their stories of harassment with Interlochen Public Radio, most occurring within the last five years. They're called names, spit at, people call the DNR on them. Sometimes they just get looks or questions. Doug Craven directs the Natural Resources Department at the Little Traverse Bay Bands of Odawa Indians near Petoskey. He says some in his tribe feel so uneasy that they'll follow state regulations instead of tribal ones. And so then they'll elect just to hunt during the state deer season, or they'll elect to just go out and, um, you know, fish with different methods, uh, perhaps maybe not spearing, but they'll just do hook and line. He says constantly having to explain yourself can be exhausting. At a certain point, people, you know, just want to go out and fish or just want to go out and hunt. Even Craven's 12-year-old son has been approached while fishing. 
to have a non-tribal adult come down and you know and say, that's very intimidating you know that's scary to have that type of thing one of the common things we always hear is the tribal people they they take and they reap all of these resources and you know they they're ruining the the fishing economy or the hunting hunting populations that's Dylan Jennings public information officer for the Great Lakes Indian Fish and Wildlife Commission he says protecting fish and game populations is a priority for tribes. They establish tax or total allowable catches on um, each water body. And, um, you know, the tribes really work hard to stay within their quotas, and they, they have. A lot of times, a tribal citizen can take more deer or fish than a state hunter or fisherman. But then it'll be shared with their whole community. Jetting says he might get 10 deer in one season, and most of it doesn't end up in his own freezer. That meat goes to funerals, naming ceremonies, other types of ceremonies, and it's also distributed to elders. And our elder center feeds our, our community elders every every day, just about. And our elders just love deer meat, just love fish, just love all those things that you know are are part of our way of life. Jennings thinks those still upset about treaty rights don't realize what was lost in order to keep them. That's a that's a really important part of history to remember to remember all of the sacrifices and things that the, the tribes up in these areas have given up for those abilities to harvest. Tribal communities want their kids to carry on these traditions that are so essential to their culture. Robert Rajasic wants his three daughters to get involved in spearfishing, but he says there are some places he won't bring them yet. I don't want them to have the fear of, you know, somebody hurting them physically or just calling them mean names. Um, I don't want them to ha to experience that. But he knows he won't always be able to protect them. He hopes someday his daughters can practice their treaty rights without fear or intimidation. For Points North, I'm Kay LaFond. This is Points North. I'm Max Johnston. This past month, 10 students took an audio boot camp with IPR. They learned how to ask questions, use recording equipment, and mix sound. Jenna Mertz spoke to people about their pet peeves at the farmer's market in Traverse City. Pet peeve. Oh, man. I have so many. <laughs> My pet peeve. That's a hard one. Oh, man. Oh, man. There's so many. You're just coming in hard here. People spell candy with a K. <laughs> People not being real with themselves and others, just um, not being genuine. My biggest one would probably be when people use things and don't put them back away. Because um, candy is spelled with a C. <laughs> Drivers that don't use their turn signal, especially when they're merging. People that don't spay and neuter their dogs. When people try to deceive, aren't honest, and try to use people's kindness um, against them. Uh, Steve leaving the recycle boxes right in the hallway, so I trip over them. She just throw another pet peeve. She throws things in the dishwasher, and it's not functional. Um, I guess people that don't pull their own weight tags sticking out and forks on plates, like that scrapey noise. 
when I put something in the dishwasher, everything has a place so that we can pack it up so you don't so just waste water. my dishes. I rearrange her dishes and she gets peeved about that. <laughs> my pet peeve is I don't like stickers on fruit. Interviewers asking me questions. It just gets me going, you know. <laughs> we'll probably think about this all the way home today. Oh, no, I got one right now, but I'm not going. I'm done. That Two is enough. I sound like a really unhappy person, and I am not. That story was produced by Jenna Mertz. She teaches writing at Iowa State University. And that's a wrap on Points North this week. I'm Max Johnston. And I'm Morgan Springer. Tune into Points North Fridays here on IPR News Radio. You can also catch us at pointsnorthradio.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're listening, be sure to rate us. And thanks. Thanks.